please, um, if you've got nothing else to do, um, or if you've got something else, you cancel that and come to the bra. <laughs> no, it's a lot of fun, and we just sit and chat and have a bra and eat some meat and get to know each other a little bit more on a social level. So I would like you to open your Bibles in Numbers 6. So the message this morning, I wanted to give a title, and then the, I felt the Lord say, that's not quite the spirit we of. Um, so I had to find another title, and the title this morning is The Nazarene versus the Nazarite. If you would open your Bibles in Numbers 6. Now, let's just be honest with one another. We live in a fallen world. Do you agree with me? If I had to ask you to start speaking to me this morning about what's going on in the world, you would most probably start with the negative stuff. Electricity, gone. Hello? No electricity. Um, water. And um, we'll talk. You can just go on. It's just... It's all breaking down. Am I right? Okay, so we live in a fallen world. If you want to argue with that, just go look in the mirror. Okay? It's all falling. <laughs> <laughs> the color is falling off your hair. Who's noticed that? I've actually had some red fall off in the basin. It's become gray now. <laughs> We live in a fallen world. And because of that, that is because of sin. That's the state of mankind, the state of the world. And always we've been longing to go to a place of salvation where we are saved. God knows this and the Lord wants us to be saved. So I want you to read this. The Nazarene versus the Nazarite. So Numbers 6 verse 2 Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When either a man or a woman consecrates an offering to take the vow of a Nazarite to separate himself to the Lord. So what that's saying is if you want to do something specific to put yourself apart for the Lord. So Lord, I'm, I'm serious. We need to connect. I'm in a state of fallenness. I want to connect. I want to, I want to have more of you. This is what you do. He shall separate himself from wine and similar drink. Now walk with me. Just walk with me. And he shall drink neither vinegar made from wine nor vinegar made from similar drink. Neither shall he drink any grape juice nor eat fresh grapes or raisins. All the days of his separation, he shall eat nothing that is produced from the grapevine, from seed to skin. All the days of the vow of his separation, no razor shall come upon his head. Now, there's some oaks that like this part. They don't shave, they don't cut their hair, and they get dreadlocks. <laughs> Until that, the, the days are fulfilled which to separate himself from the Lord, he shall... Be holy, then he shall let the locks of his hair of his head grow. So this guy, how would he look? Just imagine a guy saying, I'm going to partake the fast of a Nazarite. I'm going to put myself separate for the Lord. No wine, no vinegar. Not allowed to touch a dead body. No grapes and no shaving. Not the hair, not the head. How's this going to look? 
after a year, how's he going to look? Wild animal, eh? Huh? It's going to be a wild thing. Okay. Now, there were a couple of guys in the Bible that, were, that did the fast of the Nazarite. The first one was Samson. Remember Samson? Samson. The second one was Samuel, the prophet. And the third one that we find in the Bible is a guy called John the Baptist, the Nazarite. Now imagine John the Baptist. We know it says he was a wild man. He ate wild honey and locusts, and he didn't shave. He looked terrible. He looked terrible. And what did he do? He comes crying. And I want you to get the words are specific in the Bible. He comes crying, saying, repent. Make straight the way for the kingdom of heaven is hand. Be baptized so that you might be saved. And the whole of Jerusalem, 120,000 people go out to see what? A guy clothed nicely? No, to see a wild man. Okay, so let's go to our text for today. Matthew eleven sixteen. But what shall we... I liken this generation. It is like children sitting in the marketplace calling to their companions saying, we played the flute for you and you did not dance. So when we played the flute, you weren't satisfied. You didn't dance. Okay, so maybe you were sad. So we mourned to you and you didn't lament. Okay, so whether we're happy or sad, you're not satisfied. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. Okay? Jesus, listen, the Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, look, a glutton, a wine bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is justified by her children. Now, the first thing I want to say here, Jesus will not be standing with a castle light in his hand. All right? You see, you cannot build theology around one scripture. You have to take the fullness of this book and say, what does the fullness of this book say? This book says that Jesus was the Word, and the Word became flesh. Am I right? So the whole of this book is what Jesus represents. Okay, so in this book, it says, be sober. In this book, it says, do not be taken to strong drink. In this book, it says, be filled with the Spirit. In this book, it says, be holy. In this book, it says, be separate. So if I look like the world, then I'm not doing what this book says. So why am I saying this? Because a lot of, there are people in the world that say, it's okay, you can get tipsy. And you can have your... No. Because Jesus drank some wine. Yes, he did. When he took communion. When he took the Passover. Yes, he did. Did he ever get to a place where he overindulged? Never, ever, ever. Being sitting there with sinners doesn't make him a sinner. Sitting with people with bad habits doesn't mean he had the bad habit. He was completely holy, completely perfect and nowhere can you say it wasn't like that because if we do 
then we can pack up now and go home. Because his sacrifice wouldn't have not been sufficient. He had to be the perfect lamb of God. Perfect. Otherwise, the sacrifice for my fallen state will not be sufficient. So the argument to say what, to take this text and pull it out of proportion can no longer stand. All right. So I have to say that because I'm very passionate about that. But yet, what is he saying? John neither came eating nor drinking. He was a Nazarite. And Jesus was a Nazarene. He came from Nazareth. So the guy that did the Nazarite thing didn't shave, looked like a hobo, didn't drink, was a, a, a zealous, overzealous person. Now he has a demon. Okay. The guy that comes and he looks decent, he presents himself proper, he speaks nicely, he's a friend of everybody. Mm, I know he's a drunkard. See, yeah, we mourn and it doesn't satisfy. And yeah, we play the flute and it doesn't satisfy. So what must God do to get our attention? You see, okay, but how does this apply to my life? Well, it's very easy. We are living in a fallen state. 99.999999% of us are recovering from our childhood. Okay? Maybe there's a very lucky person that had perfect dad and mom. I doubt. So we're living in a fallen state. Most of us are concerned about our finances. Am I right? Some of us might have fall, fallen into that bucket with the butter. That happens. Praise God, bless you. You know, I'm happy for you. But most of us have to get up 9 to 5, do the grind. Maybe it's 5 to 9 these days, you know, to earn a living, to pay the bills. All, all of us struggle with our sin, shortcomings, where we don't have the answer for it. Most of us have got pain and hurt and suffer with rejection or inferiority or battle with stuff to deal with it. Very few of us walk in the place where we say, I am in the image of God. I can do all things. Bring it on. Am I right? And when we see that nine out of ten times, we say, look, that looks arrogant. <laughs> okay. So the Lord comes and John the Baptist cries out. Repent, repent. And the people come out, and then some people, oh, well, that's not the answer. It's not the way I like it. Jesus comes, he sits with the people, and he has conversations with them. Sharing information, sharing heart. No, no, he, he, he's just, he, no, no, no. That's not the answer we want. So what are we justifying? Because that last part says, Wisdom is justified by her children. What does that mean? Okay, I've got pain. I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something. If you've got internal pain about your mom and your dad, they might have done X and they might have done Y. Jesus, John the Baptist says, repent. Jesus comes and he says, I want you to do something. 
will you honor them? No, I can't honor them. Okay, repent. No, I won't repent. The Nazarite versus the Nazarene. Which one do you want? Those are your options. If not, you're going to be stuck exactly where you are for the rest of it. And here's the bad thing. You're going to carry it over to your children. And they're going to carry it over to their children. And you might say, no, no, it's not like that. Fine, justify it. Wisdom is justified by her children. The Lord says, you feel trapped. You feel hurt. Forgive your enemies. Forgive those that harm you, that spitefully talk about you. Forgive those that abuse you. Forgive, forgive. No, I cannot, I will not. I won't even contemplate of going to the place where I am going to talk about the pain and the hurt that my grandfather did to me. I will not forgive. The Nazarene is saying, would you forgive? No, I won't. The Nazarite says, repent. You're walking in pride. No, I don't want to do that. You see, this is what this society was like. This is what this community that he's talking to. He's talking to these people and say, you know you're in a fallen state. You're stuck in this place. You don't have the answers. Your world has come tumbling down. And I've given you the morning and I've given you the dancing, and you don't want either. This is a very good message. You see, all we have to do is make a decision. <coughs> yeah, I'm worried about my finances. I'm worried about my finances. What does the Nazarene say in Matthew 24, 24? Let's bring your tithe. Malachi says, and test me, see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and supply to you. And Matthew says, are you not more, Matthew 6, are you not worth more than all these things, the birds and the flowers and your Father in heaven will provide? No, 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 no. Okay. The Nazarite says, Repent. Make straight the way for the Lord. You want God to move into your life? You want God to move into your finances, into your relationship, into your emotional health, into your mental health? You want God to move into that place? You have to take either one of the two. Otherwise, you're going to be stuck where you are. You're going to remain in that place, in a fallen state. Is it? Nine out of ten times when people come for counseling, I need to lead them in forgiveness. Nine out of ten times when they forgive, they change. Why? Because that's what the Nazarene said. He said that, let me teach you how to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He said that, forgive us our trespasses, if we, as we forgive those who trespass again. I'm not willing to go there. I'm not willing to talk about it. I'll never forgive him. Have you heard that language? Have you said that language maybe? Have you used that? No, 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 no. But my accountant says, I must never use my money. I must use the bank's money. I must go into debt. And I must leverage the debt 
to get myself somewhere. Well, the Nazarene says, Oh, no man anything except to love him. Get out of debt. How does this apply to my life? As I'm speaking, I can see that the Lord is talking to some of you, showing you, listen, there's something you need to take from this this morning. There's something that you say, listen, what does Jesus say about this? Or are you going to justify your wisdom? Because wisdom is justified by her children. I hear things that people speak about themselves and what they say over themselves. And Jesus says, listen to what he says. As a man speaketh, so he is. Yeah, I'm no good with names. I'm no good with names. I'm no good with names. Guess what? You're never going to be good with names. You know, us family, we, we, we can't do math. We're not mathematical. We just, our line is just not mathematical. You're never going to be good with math. Oh, we got a short fuse. Our family's got a short fuse. You're right. You'll have a short fuse, and your children have a short fuse, and their children have a short fuse, until somebody stands up and listens to the Nazarene and say, speak life over yourself. Start speaking life over yourself. I have the fruit of the Spirit. That's all you have to say. What's going to happen? You see, the, a lie detector, the lie detecting test works like this, that you cannot lie against yourself. So your subconscious and your conscience cannot clash. There's a nervous reaction when you do that. Okay? So now they put those little probes on you. I failed my lie detector test one time. I did. I, did. I was probably lying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then they ask you a question. Is your name John? And for instance, your name is Don. Say, yes, my name is John. And it goes, are you a male? Yes, I am a male. Do you relate as a female? <laughs> I'm being naughty. I'm just being naughty. <laughs> is your birthday? And they'll give the wrong date. And you say, Yes, because they ask you to do a test lie. Click. You even know that he knows you're lying, you know you're lying, and it's a test. Your nervous system reacts to that. You see, we've been programmed for so long, and we're not good enough, we're not clever enough, we're not smart enough, and we're not beautiful enough. The minute I start speaking, I have got the fruit of the Spirit, something in me goes like this. Really? Now you're lying to yourself. You ask a smoker if they're a non-smoker. What are they going to say? I'm a smoker. You want to stop smoking? Start speaking life over yourself and say, I'm a non-smoker. And you'll see what happens. You're, you're going to like, but I'm lying to myself. I'm lying to myself. I'm lying to myself. I was standing with cigarettes in my... <sighs> I don't smoke. And the people around, but you're smoking. and say, no, this body is smoking. I am not a smoker. A <laughs> uh. couple of months later, the body wasn't smoking anymore. 
Why? Because death, listen to what the Nazarene says, death and life lies in the power of the tongue. And if you can control this little rudder, if you can control this little rudder, you can turn your boat towards where it's supposed to go, the destiny and the purpose. I don't know why I'm here. You know, we'll see what life brings, you know. What, can you hear what's speaking? That's death. What does the Nazarene say? What does Jesus say? You've got a plan and a purpose. You're here for this. I'm going to achieve my purpose. There's a plan for my life. God's got a plan for my life. Or are you going to justify your wisdom? The earthly, demonic wisdom. You know what's another curse that people speak over themselves? I'm a teenager. I'm a teenager. You know what teenager means? I've got no identity. I've got no purpose, and I don't belong anywhere. And the world will tell me. So MTV will come with their filthy music videos, and it will fill my mind, and I would think, oh, that's normal. No. No. What does the Nazarene say about you? What's Jesus say about you? No, I don't know. Go find out. You see, this is him speaking. This is his word. You take the time, and we're launching it next year, where I want to challenge everybody to read 10 minutes a day. Just 10 minutes a day with an audible voice for yourself. We're going to start together in Genesis. Just 10 minutes a day. To start seeing what the Lord says about you. Where he wants to take you. What he wants to do with you. What he wants to do with you. What he wants to deposit in your life. Or are you going to justify your wisdom? I can't speak in front of people. It's just not me. I'm not a people's person. You heard people speak like that. I'm not a people's person. I'd rather worship the trees. No. Do you believe in our three worshippers? I'll show you. Rustin, bring me your chainsaw. This afternoon at 3 o'clock, I'll invite all of you. All of you. Every single one is invited. At 3 o'clock, we go to the bush, and I just start the chainsaw. You will see them worshippers coming on. What are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, no, we're cleaning the chainsaw. Eh? <laughs> I, I thought you're cutting those trees down. Well, they are going to vie. Get yourself ready. God's doing something. God's going to do something, and that bush is going to vie. And I'm afraid of many tree worshippers. All right? Because God is not into trees. God's into people. What does the Nazarene say? Where's the hierarchy in this thing? Where are you situated? Right at the bottom or right on top? You're right on top. God's a good father. Amen. And what does a good father do when his baby is on the way? He goes and prepares a baby room. And he paints it. And he gets a cot ready. And he puts everything. So when baby comes, baby's got a place to stay. Must baby now worship his baby room? Must baby enjoy his baby room? God said, my, my children's on the way. I'm going to create Adam and Eve in my image. I'm, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me just get a place ready for them. Shapes earth. Puts everything in place. 
There you go, my children. You're going to play here. This is your place where you're going to exist. I'm giving you stewardship over it. No, you can't cut down the tree. Oh, it's 795,000 years old. Worship the tree. No, it was made for me. I must have stewardship over it. But wisdom is justified by her children. Another thing that this world says, that people, the church, have bought into. So far, I can get in trouble for saying this. Apparently, it's like ants. You can get in trouble for even thinking of saying it. Give your children hidings. Oh, I'm stuck with this rebellious child. Doesn't want to listen. Runs up and down. Screams like a mad thing. Never wants to obey me. Give your children hidings. That's what the Nazarene says. The one that made man, that's what he says. No, you know, we believe in the psychological way of raising kids. Fine. Wisdom is justified by her children. He sent the Nazarite, John the Baptist, looked like a hooligan. He came himself. And they say, well, we, none, we don't want either one of the two. We want to do it our way. That's what they did there. My prayer is that we don't be like those people. My prayer is that we would say, Jesus, what do you say? I want to love you. I want to be obedient to you. Why? Because he's got the best in store for you. He has got the best in store for you. Yeah, well, you know, we already engaged. We can partake. No. No. Because that's not what the Nazarene says. Yeah, well, we're only playing on the edge. No. That's not what he says. He says, be holy, be separate. Be in this world and not of this world. But it's only a cartoon. I can have my kids watch it. No. He says, put no evil before your eye. If there is sorcery in there, if there is magic in there, if there is dragons in there, don't have your children watch it. Now nothing will happen. Justify it. 100%. And maybe, by the grace of God, your children don't fall into that and they come through it. But how do you know? He knows the future. He knows the traps the enemy is putting. You know that Disney right now is putting up all of their cartoons. Everything is coming out of Disney will have LGBTQ in it. Well, what are they doing? They're indoctrinating the children with LGBTQ philosophy. And now we must be accepting of it. No. No. That's not what he says. He says, be holy. You are mine. Let him define you. Let him say to you who you are, 
what you are, where you're going to go, what he wants to do with you. And you start speaking the life. And remember now, you can't have what you criticize. So if your neighbors get doing well, you can't criticize because you'll never have that. You can't have what you criticize. You can't have what you're envious and jealous about. You've got to speak life. Praise God you got a new bucky. I wish you can get a double cab bucky. Praise the Lord you bought a new house. Fantastic. You can't get what you keep on criticizing. You can't have, if you can't speak, oh, you know what, this government, this, that, 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 I wish we had. Hello? Start speaking life over the, start speaking life over the south coast. Stop calling it the slow coast. Stop calling it all these nana names. Saying this is paradise. This is paradise. And God's doing something and it's going to be all get sorted out and our water is going to be worked out and our start speaking life. Start speaking because you can't have what you keep on criticizing. Would you close your eyes, please? May I ask you to do that? We do it every Sunday and we're going to do it again because God is into souls. God is not into our comfort didn't die for our wealth or prosperity. He died so that we would have eternal life. And we can partake of that eternal life now on the earth. And you may have never prayed this before or something similar, but I want to invite you as a congregation, we do it every Sunday, almost every Sunday. Why? Because we affirm our affiliation with the Lord. We come and declare again. We choose by our will to declare that Jesus is Lord. And our prayer sounds like this, if you want to pray after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you this morning. In a fallen world, with a fallen nature, deserving of hell, but you paid the price. You were the perfect Lamb of God. And you died in my place. Thank you for taking my place. Thank you that you rose again. I believe with my heart that Jesus, you are Lord. And I confess it today that you are my King. Thank you for saving me and writing my name in your book of life. If you've prayed that for the very first time today, would you just look at me? I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I just want you to just look at me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, thank you for those people that have prayed that for the first time today. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come and make it a reality in them. That you would cause that rebirth to happen inside of them, Lord. It's only you can do that. Only you can come and change the nature of a person. Lord, only you can come and regenerate and move us from that fallen state into a state of life 
and life in abundance. We thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand, please? I want to bless you. And then we're going to go have some coffee. We've got a couple of visitors, people that are new, yeah? So we, every Sunday we bless the congregation. The reason why, because it's very important. And the blessing is valuable. Jacob stole the blessing from Esau. You don't steal something that's not worth anything. You know? I don't see people do that. They just leave it. It's only when there's something valuable that they see. So would you open your hands and just receive this morning. Father, as ambassador of heaven, 